0: I know July 14th, guys, British Open. Uh, Roy McElroy, 9 to 1. Dustin Johnson, 28 to 1. How about Tiger, 40 to 1? I might throw some money on John Daly. You know, former champ. 1000 to 1 odds. Why not? Go for the long shot. But, uh, best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 225 of The Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's uh, so everybody doing out there? Hump day Wednesday, midweek. Almost there, folks. Battle it, battle it. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, today, hot here today, Whew, 30 or 90 for my American friends, but... Of course, the work truck, the AC, decides to stop, well, stop working. It wasn't working before. Then I went to our vehicle equipment center and, oh, yeah, we fixed it. Yeah, that that was good for about four days. Uh, and then now it's back to blowing hot air again. So I'm like, ah, I think you got a bit of a leak there, fellas. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, today I kind of did what needed to get done. And then around noon, I was like, ah, you know what, I think I'm going to uh, – Call them the day. I'm going to go home to the air conditioning. Um, I've sort of had enough of this, and uh, I, I've worked about uh, what was the last count sixty some consecutive days or something. I said I think I can. I, I think I can leave early a day or two. So today was that day, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to get home. I'm going to record, get it over with, and that way, I, like tonight, I can just kind of relax, whatever. Maybe I'll go out in the backyard. Yeah, it was hot, but maybe I can go out, catch some sun, and sit with a few beers in the backyard. Yeah, as soon as I got out, I'll, yeah, I'm snoring on the couch until like five o'clock. So, yeah, it is now six fifteen, <laughs> and uh, and here I am. So, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, you're sort of uh, you're sort of stuck with me again today. Um, I had a guest lined up, uh, and it didn't work out. Everything's cool. We rescheduled for for uh, hopefully down the line here uh, on the weekend. But have um, have have a couple guests in the in the queue, so to speak. So hopefully uh, Sunday's episode will be an interview episode, and then next week I'm actually. Oh, the, the wonders never cease. I'm actually taking some time off and I'm going to go up to the lake just for a few, for three days. One of those days is Wednesday. So, but I will not leave you guys hanging. You know, I don't leave you guys hanging. Even when I went to Vegas, I had episodes lined up for you, even when I was gone. The magic of scheduling and editing. Um, I'm hoping to get these two interviews done by the end of the weekend. Um, and then one of them can be the Sunday show and the other one can be the Wednesday show and all will be right in the world. Um, if uh, you can only do one by the end of the weekend, um, uh, that will be the Wednesday show while I'm gone. And, uh, you'll hear my, uh, smooth silky voice once again, um, come, come the weekend, but I'm hoping to have them both done. Um, that, that is the goal anyway, and, uh, again, I'm not gonna throw out names in case they don't happen, and I don't wanna put anybody on the spot, but so far, communication has been alright, and, uh, you know, we're, it's no one, no one ghosting anybody or anything like that, it was just, uh, you know, we both talked about a few things and agreed to, uh, to some, uh, to change the day up, which, um, You know it's going to work out, but on the other hand, I was I was kind of hoping to have an interview. I was honestly kind of hoping to have an interview today because, like I said, I've hit you with a bunch of solo episodes in a row. Not that I don't mind the solo episodes, I really don't. But at the same time, it's like it's getting really hard to um, uh, off top my head to come up with subjects. Um, Now and again, I mean, every once in a while, I'll throw something out to the group, and somebody else suggest, oh, you should do this, you do that, and and that's good. The only problem, and I appreciate everyone's feedback, and I would love to believe me. Some of the um, topics that you guys come up with, I would love to do deep dives into and do episodes of. Um, and I always say I'm going to, and that's always been my, my it's always my intent. But it's just finding the time to do the research. Like I said, I could sit here and pull it out of my ass the episode, and okay, you know, yeah, it's content and it's. You know, I can talk for forty-five minutes about something or whatever, and and then you know, on with life we go. But it's kind of like, eh, you know, I, I don't want to do that. Plus, obviously, when you do the research, you can come up with you, obviously you come up with better stuff, and 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 it makes the listening uh, more enjoyable. So, um, you know that that's always my goal. So I don't want to just you know haphazardly throw shit together and. Um, and put out episodes like that. I don't want to do that. Um, yeah, now God, now I'm not going to lie. I said, with you guys, I've never lied to you guys. I've always been honest with you guys. Yeah, there has been episodes where I pull shit out of my ass without a doubt. And, uh, I mean, it, it's not without, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm not making stories or making it up. Like, I mean, you know, whatever. I'm throwing it out there and it really happened and everything, but I think it's more just, it's, ah, oh, what, a, I'm, Guess what is it? It's not it's, a it's not lies. It's all whatever. No, it's just like it, it's like ah, it's a cake. It's it's all frosting, and there's no filling. I mean, everybody likes frosting. That's good, but you want some filling too, right? That just makes the whole package better. Yeah. So I've had some episodes that have been just frosting. We'll put it that way. Is that a good analogy? Maybe I don't know. Like I said, crazy from the heat over here. So work with me here. Um, yeah. So. Anyway, um, so because it's like a couple times I'll ask like, yeah, fellas, I'm really stuck. You know what? Uh, you know what? What should I do? And then you know somebody will throw out like, you know, would be a really good episode is if you could have like guys getting traded mid-season and the effects it has on uh, on their new team and some of the fights that they had that really changed the momentum from their new team maybe took them from the they were like dwellers into the playoffs and and then how did it affect his old team when he left and who replaced them and blah, and it's like holy shit like oh, okay I was just hoping you'd say like the five toughest hurricanes or something <laughs> you know like something give me come on you know and i mean i get i appreciate all the like like I said, I I appreciate the um the the feedback and the and the comments and the suggestions, but it's like some of them are like I mean those are like essay, you know like I'm not writing a fucking thesis here like it's uh you know when you when you're banging out like if I was doing an episode every week once a week, yeah I could that's the thing I could do stuff like that because that gives me six days to warm up and and do research, but it's like. You know, when I do a Sunday episode come Wednesday, you know, that that's two, two and a half days I have to do something before Wednesday's episode. And then Wednesday, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there's three days and I have to record something, you know, so it, it's, it's my turnaround time is very fast. And again, I'm I'm not blame This, uh, this is the, I've, I believe me, I've put myself in this position. I'm well aware. I'm the one to blame for this. I get it. Um. You know, but I'm just saying, it's very hard to come up with these real in-depth pieces when you, when your turnaround time's so fast. I can tell you when I can do stuff like that is if I can bang out like two or three interviews in one week. If I can get a bunch of dudes on the phone, like right bang, 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 and have them done that way. I like as they say, get it in the can. Yeah, then that gives me, like, if I did the interview, like if I did the interview yesterday and today, okay, well here there that's that's Wednesday's episode and Sunday's episode. That gives me, an, and then the next episode's Wednesday, that would give me an entire week to get ready to do. Then I could do the essay type deep dive. Like I want, I really want to do an episode on the code. Um, that's going to involve talking to a bunch of players about it, um, getting their sound bites on it. Um, and then I also want to do kind of a deep dive into the IHL and a deep dive into the Western pro league. And to do that again, I need to talk to a variety of players about their experiences in those leagues. Um, I've had guys on that have played in those leagues. Um, so I'd like to touch back on that because you know, when you're doing a player interview, it's, um, you know, you talk about the Western pro league or whatever, but it's like, and then you went to the central league and then you went to the East coast and you just sort of keep going. You never really, I'll ask him what it was like to play in that city or whatever. And, oh yeah, you know, Lubbock was really cool, you know, and yeah, the great rank and the fans were good. Oh, okay. So what was it like fighting Marty Melnich? you know, and then off you go. So there, there's no real, um, you don't really go into the deep dive of the whole league, right? I mean, some guys obviously give, you know, more in depth answers, but you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Whereas I would like to, you know, really, um, you could Finland just send me a really cool, uh, W, or Western Pro League piece, and uh, I'd like to cover that, and uh, yeah, and just, I, I'd really like, I, I want to do things like that, I would really like to do a deep dive, and do a bunch of things like that, um, it, it's just time, right, and it's not only that, and you know, with the podcast, and everything else, <laughs> you know, I have a life outside of this uh, recording studio too, uh, you know, right now, it's basically all work, and uh, you know, and when you get home, it's like, you want to eat, and then just, kind of watch the ball games and and sort of doze off haphazardly on the couch. Um, You know, the last thing I want to do is be down here, um, to be completely honest, um, you know, going through page after page on on the Internet and writing things down and looking things up and, um, you know, uh, so, yeah. I don't know where any of this is going. I'm just sort of rambling, but I'm just sort of telling you the the – I mean, I know I've said this before, you know, blah, 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 but I'm just, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I always kind of want to, I don't know, I, not that I owe people anything, but you know what I mean. I just feel like I, I want to keep you guys in the loop and kind of like what's going on and, and, and stuff like that and why things aren't, um, you know, the way they are. I, I mean, <clears throat> it was funny because, who was I talking to? Anyway, I was talking to, some, it might have been Lazito. I was talking to a while ago. <clears throat> it was funny because when I first started the show um, on the network and it was um, every Wednesday will be an interview day and then every Sunday will be a solo episode. And I followed that formula for a while. <clears throat> I said it was funny how easy it was to get interviews. It seemed like anyway. Now, granted, some of those interviews were rehashes of, inter- they were just re-updated interviews that I from my old platform before I got on the network. So I cheated a little bit on that. But I, I did get, it seemed to be easier to get guys. Um, I don't know, this last little bit. Um, now I did, I, uh, also there was a little self sort of deal in there where I just got tired of chasing people and I really, I didn't want to do interviews for a while because it, it, it came really close to me, um, uh, ending the podcast just because I was so fed up with dealing with people and, um, it, you know, and it, and it was just, it sucked. So that happened too, but for a while there, you know, you could get some guys cruising along no problem. And I don't know if it's just because there's just been an influx of podcasts, player podcasts, maybe. I don't know, and uh, I don't, I don't know what it is. But uh, and it go and it's funny, you go in waves. Like you put out feelers to guys and whatever, and you kind of either get no reply, or I'll let you know, or you get ghosted, or you can't come up with a time, and you know. Um, and, or, and then other times it's like, you know, well, just my little streak. It's just, it was little, but right away it was like, oh, you know, Grant Bright and then, uh, Alex Penner, then Segroy right away. And, you know, and it's like when you talk to a guy and it's like, most of the time when you send an invite out, you, this is what I'm going to, okay, yeah, that, that sounds cool. and I'll let you know or else, you know, give me a week or two or whatever. You know, that's usually how it goes. Then you kind of back and forth and whatever, but, a couple of the guys were like, yeah, I can do it tomorrow night. And it was like, oh shit. Okay. Perfect. Right. Cause there's also when you ask someone, like I've, it's been very rare, but there's been a couple times it's like, Hey, you know, do you want to come on the show? Yeah. I am free tonight. Yeah. You know, and it's like in my mind, it's like, yeah, I, okay. I'd love to just do it tonight because then it's like, okay, I gotcha. And it's, it's in the can again and it's done. Right. And here I go. I got content. But it's like I've done no research on this guy, and again, I could fiddle fuck my way through it and stare at Hockey DB or whatever and his fight card and haphazardly throw something together. Eh, yeah, and would it be serviceable? Yeah, you know, because it's like it's again, the guys I'm asking to come on the show aren't completely. I ha- I know who they are. I mean, I have an understanding. I might not know everywhere they played, or you know or a deep dive into their career but i mean i know who they are or i wouldn't i wouldn't ask them believe me i've been approached by people to do interviews with certain guys and it's like i have no idea who i've never heard that name in my life it's it's usually the current guys i had a, it was an agent I, was, I believe he was an agent oh I, you you should interview my client he he played in the southern pro last year and he's in the east coast league this year and you know And he played two years in the Ontario League. And it's like, I have no idea who that is. I've never laid eyes on him. Um, No offense to the kid. um, But I I don't know. I'm like, and I I said, I told Alec, and I believe, no, Alec didn't, maybe he interviewed. No, he didn't interview him. Um, But I just told Alec, I'm like, you should take this one. Because, I mean, he's an East Coast league. Because Alec knew who he was. And it was like, I'm like, I don't even... I'm like, I don't think I could pronounce his name right. I'm like... And again, it's no offense. to you, But I don't watch. I don't... So I don't know. <clears throat> now, could I have done the interview? Yeah. But it's like... <clears throat> those are tough for me. That's a grind. Because again, it's like... I'm talk talking... I have no feel for it. Because I don't know who he is. So it's like... Every once in a while, there's interviews like it, But it's like, I know Mike Segroy. I know Alex Penner. You know, like... I knew Colt King and blah 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 like when I had these guys on I knew about them I knew their past and so i'm i'm more comfortable with that again that i know every one of Colt King's teammates and all every one of his fight no but I knew enough where I'm familiar and you know what I mean there's a comfort there um so you know so it's like again i could I get through the interview yes would it be the best but i want to do the best interview for you guys that's the thing and it's like you know, and I, I mean, maybe there's, there's some shows out there that they don't, it's just, it's content, 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 and they don't care. So they just, they'll, like I said, they'll wander through it and they'll give you 45 minutes to an hour and okay. And, um, you know, and that's, and that's fine. I mean, whatever. That's their deal and stuff. And, and it, and, and, and it probably is good enough in the grand scheme. Probably, but I can't do that. Now, I'm not trying to say oh my show I'm better than that. I'm not saying that, but it's just I've I've sort of after 200 and some episodes and doing all these interviews, I'd like to think my player. If I I would think this is just me saying, but I would think my my interviews are fairly not lazito in depth, but they're fairly you know. I'm like Lazito Light in terms of my, uh, you know, in depth, but it's like, you know, we, we kind of get into it, right? And, and if I have enough time, I talk to you, Could Finland. You the, the fourth line voice Finland office is pretty sweet with the research and he'll hit me with some old, he'll go through newspapers.com or he'll, he knows, I mean, he's got all that shit cataloged and he's, he's really, he's been outstanding. I can't thank him enough. I actually, I don't think I thank him enough. Um, but he's been outstanding with, and it's just even a little tidbit in the article about, oh, this, this little incident happened in Knoxville. I mean, there's no way I would know about it. Or any, and it's like, and I've hit the guys with a couple of those a little bit. And they're like, holy shit, how'd you know about that? And they like laugh. They're like, oh, yeah. And then and then you get a great story out of it. You know, For sometimes they're like, I don't know, I can't fucking remember. But I mean, for the most part, you get a good story out of it. And, but then that wouldn't have happened without Yuka's research and taking some time to set it all up, right? So it's stuff like that. And then it makes the interview better. And so when you, I, I really want to, that's the, those are the interviews I want to do. Um, I want to, you know, like I said, I want to be more than frosting. I want to give you the cake too. So it's, um, and it, but that all takes time. So yes, yeah, so when I've had a player, yeah, tonight, uh, how about, at the very least, give me tomorrow. You know, how about tomorrow night? You know, like tonight at least, I can I can set up and get ready. And you kind of you know because then I got to go on YouTube. Even though I've seen him way back when, like I said, fights they all run together for me after a while. I like to watch a bunch of his fights that way, I get a feel for him. You know, whatever, get it re- you know, uh, and, and just have it fresh in my head for when I talk to him. So, um, yeah. Anyway. That, that, that's what's going on. And that's kind of what my goal is and, and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, uh, again, I just want to make it a good show for you guys. Like I said, and it's, 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 um, yeah. And, and to be, there's a lot of competition out there. Like I've always said, everyone and their dogs got a podcast now. I mean, Nylon's got another, got a new podcast out and Riley Cote and McMorrow and Scott and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Terry Ryan and, like all these all these ex players have podcasts and it's like, you know, I can't compete against those guys. I mean, with their Rolodeck. I mean, they could just pull it up, you know, all of a sudden, Oh yeah, we got Rob Ray on the show and you know, tomorrow will be, you know, Brad May and then, you know, Matt Barnaby. We'll have the Buffalo Trio on it's like, Oh, okay, well, you know, I can't even get those guys to reply to my for my private message, right? So, you know, it it's um it's a battle, um, you know, when you're the when you're the the fan podcast, right? So Um, and that's fine, I don't, you know, whatever, but it's just, it's a grind, and I don't have their Rolodex, and you're fighting, you're the unknown fighting against names, right? I'm the underdog coming from the, coming from the, from the eighth, from the eighth, from the, from lane eight, you know, and, um, so it, it, it can be a grind, is all I'm saying, and, uh, that's, that's my, my 15 minute explanation of what's going on, but, um, but every once in a while, like, like I said, I always say, I, I'll get comments from guys now, and, and, and they're not in a malicious way. I get it, but they kind of like you're gonna, you know, you should do more interviews. It's like, like you, they just don't understand what's. And I mean, I get they're not saying it to be dicks, but it's like I, I get, yeah, I get it, but. Um, it's not that easy. Believe me, it's not that easy. In fact, Lazito quit over the, that reason. Well, more than that, but that was one of the big reasons. You do you get you just get worn out and tired of chasing people, and it's like, yeah, and and it's a and I don't understand it. These are grown adults. I don't understand. I mean, whatever. Yeah, you just common courtesy just doesn't exist anymore. Like I said, and it's not that they didn't do the show, and I'm mad at them. I have no. If you don't want to do the show, I have no problem with that. I, my problem is you don't say it. Just tell me you don't want to do it and be done with it. Don't ignore shit or just or lead lead on. Just just say it, and we'll, it's all good you know, like, I've had a couple of guys, they get all into it, and whatever, they, then will actually go trade a couple stories, like, they'll be like, oh, yeah, this back, and blah, 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 then, yeah, I fought him, it was a great fight, you know, remind me to tell you about the profi story, you know, yeah, oh. you're like, oh, god damn, this is gonna be a good one, right, and then, yeah, I'm just uh, you know, um, I'll be back from from holidays on Thursday, and uh, maybe we can do it on the weekend. Yeah, absolutely, let me know when you get back. Well, you don't hear from them. so next week you're like, hey, yeah, get back. Yeah, sorry, yeah, well, you know, got got sick after, but yeah, for sure, I'll let you know. And then, then and then they stop replying to you. It's like, well, what the fuck happened? Like, you you were writing like paragraph long stories to me. Talk about how excited you were about the show and it sounds good and you were going to listen to a couple episodes and, and then now you can't, and now I can't even get you to reply back. And it's just like, you know, like what? Like, I, I don't get it. And I don't know if it's cause after enough time, if they don't reply after a couple of weeks, then they feel guilty. So then they're just like, okay, that I'll just like, you know, I'll just, I'll just stop replying to them and I'll ghost them, you know, that way I don't have to deal with it or I, or I'm embarrassed I took too long. It's like, no. I'd be more embarrassed that he didn't reply at all, but, yeah. Anyway, enough of that whining. I mean, whatever. I mean, I've ranted 225, 200, episode 225, I probably, on, for 199 episodes, I've ranted about guests. So, um, <laughs> you know, you're like, I don't give a shit. Just shut up and do something. Um, well, uh, I guess I gotta do, you know, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show on there for you. Of course, the draft is now over, and uh, those sh- some of the shows have packed up for the season. You know, a couple months off. Well, I wonder what that's like. A couple months off, and then, of course, camp starts, and away we go again. But uh, uh, other than that, from my off-network friends, of course, I mean, I don't know, now. Is Lazito back or is he gone again? I don't know. And Joe, it's fungus on a shower curtain. You can scrub and scrub and you can get up, but it'll always come back. That's Lazito. Lazito's my fungus. <laughs> my fungus name Lazito? I don't know. No, Joe had uh came out of retirement for one time here. He had uh he had a bunch of the research done for the Eric Karens, um for Eric Karens stuff, so he did a top ten Eric Karens Islander fights. And uh, and th- and then went back into uh, semi seclusion. So um, there might be a Liz- I might be able to get a Lazito sighting on this show. We might we'll bring Joe back a-, a few times. Actually, there's a couple topics I do want to talk to him about and have him back on. So, but he did manage to come back out of retirement for one show anyway. Yeah, like Haley's Comet, he comes around. What is it every 80 years or something? I don't know. Old balls and flames out. An old ball of flame. Old balls? I don't know what we're talking about. And then, of course, we got, uh, oh, you know, Mud Show out there in North Carolina with his dog Puddles, uh, Code and Sailor there with the Five for Fighting podcast. Tried juggling knives the other night. No, oh, yeah, you know, Cupcake there cuts himself for three stitches of the knife and then goes, and sits in the, in the ER for, I don't know, a couple hours, you know, and, uh, yeah, it, it's been tough times out there. He's house hunting. He's waiting for wood. Dog's pissing all over the place, eating his crocs. Now he's cutting him, now he's trying to cut his fingers off. I don't know what's going it, it go I thought Florida, he was in Florida. See, this is what happens when Florida man goes to North Carolina. Look what's happening in North Carolina now. Exactly. You have an infl- you have the influx of hillbilly shows up in North Kakalaki from the Sunshine State, and this is what happens. Just saying. Is it any coincidence? Eh. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, he actually released an episode. Like I said, like speaking of Haley's comment, like, oh, you managed to grace us with a, you know, I, man, I wish I was on that three and a half week cycle of doing episodes. Holy shit, the research I could do. Yeah, no, I kid. Life gets in the way. I get it, he's busy. Young man, newlywed, they're looking for houses and stuff. I, I, see, I, I I went through all that shit years and years ago. So, Well, I guess I just got this house, but I went through all that. Many times, you know, many years ago, so I understand the, uh, you know, a new job, blah, 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 so I always bust on his balls, but he actually came out with an episode, actually, it was really fun to listen to, um, it was, uh, retiring, if NHL teams retired jerseys, and, you know, Buffalo with Rob Ray and Ottawa with Chris Neal and that type of thing, so it was, it was a fun little episode, um, Alec I always like I said, bust his balls a lot, but the kid has a tremendous back catalog. You know, uh Lois, Rob Ray, Rushton, uh, Segroy, um on and on. Um, he sort of, I, I always say he's sort of got the East Coast hockey league uh, cornered. Um you know, he had he when he was in Florida this past season, he they, they had like half season tickets to the Everblades and he really got into it and got to know some of the guys and, and he's had a bunch of them on the show plus if uh also if you're on YouTube uh, everyone if you're on YouTube everyone's on YouTube um, the five for fighting YouTube channel hit subscribe to that we're trying to get out to a 1000 subscribers but he uploaded all these coast league fights from this year like a good majority of them anyway and uh yeah some good tilts on there like i said go check it out pretty cool stuff and uh while you're up, while you're there bounce over to the fourth line voice youtube channel hit subscribe for myself i really appreciate it like i said like i said for i'll speak for alec and myself as creators on youtube hitting subscribe might not be a big deal to you it's a big deal to us it helps us out. so if you could do that That's like what on the show when you're listening to iTunes or Spotify or wherever it's Podbean or wherever you happen to be listening to this show. That's why I say, could you rate and review the show again? It helps us out. It might not be a big deal to you. It does help us out though in the in the ratings and in the queue when there people other people are loading up shows like you know other shows similar to. That's how those similar twos get onto that onto that page is by reviews and and that type of thing. So. If you could do that, that would be tremendous. There, here, I'm, and, and download, don't stream. Downloading is key. For myself, I get paid by the download. I don't get paid by the stream. So um, I, I know it sounds, I always say it sounds corny, but also for every other show, if you're listening to podcasts, please download them. Um, and you're like, well, who gives a shit? Believe me, it, it is for the, for the creator. It's a big help, not only for myself, why I get paid by it, but... It also helps just in terms of the analytic numbers. You can see who's listening, where they're listening, what times they're listening, on what platforms they're listening to it on, and you can adjust what you're doing. And it it just helps out. It really does. And um, again, for you guys, it's not a real big deal. I wouldn't think you uh, you could download it. To download it, it's not a big deal. So again, and not I mean not just my show, but Alex' show, Joe's show, you know the political show that you listen to, or the Civil War show, or whatever, Johnny's Model Rockets show, whatever, downloading it, they might not, I'll say it, because I I have no shame, but they would appreciate it if you downloaded it as well, even if they're not being paid or whatever, it just helps them to see who's, the amount of people listening, where they're listening, why, and when, and blah, blah, blah. So, it just helps the show. Believe me, it helps the show. So, for anybody out there, that's my tip. For you podcast listeners, that's my tip of the day. If you could just download whatever show you're listening to, it helps out the creator. All right. Shut up, Darren. Let, well, can't really shut up. It's a podcast. But let's get into things, shall we? Stopping and it's starting and stopping and starting. But here we go. All right. Let's get into it. We're, well, I'm not going to take up too much of your time tonight. Uh, how many episodes have I said that? Um, but I want to start with one of my favorite Twitter accounts, Tough Guy Numbers. That is at Tough Guy or t- at Tough Numbers. Uh, but it's a uh, and like a while well, long term list. You guys know what? Uh, well, you probably follow him. But uh, I've I've talked about him before. Um, you know, like I said, just funky little stats that he comes up with. Uh, Wendell Clark is the only player in NHL history to pull off 70-plus goals and 50-plus fights over two consecutive seasons. So, there you go. It's just like stats like that. But one of them that he threw out here were most fights in an NHL season by a hockey Hall of Famer. And, uh, yeah, a couple names uh, pop up on the list quite a few a few times. But uh, uh, the first was uh, be. Cam Neely, 84-85 with Vancouver, had 16. Then Scott Stevens in 82-83 and 83-84. He had 14 fights each season. Spot picker. Um, Cam Neely, 86-87 with Boston, 13. Scott Stevens, 86-87 with Washington, 13. Uh, Brendan Shanahan in 87-88 with New Jersey, had 11. Messier in 79-80 with Edmonton, had 11. Landy McDonald, 74-75 in Toronto, had 10. Cam Neely, 85-86 in Vancouver, 10. Shanahan, 91-92 with St. Louis had 10. And then Cam Neely, 87-88. And 88-89 had 9 fights in each of those seasons. So there you go. Cam Neely dominating. Cam Neely and Scott Stevens, I guess, dominating the uh, the Hall of Famer uh, uh, most fights in a season. Um, And I believe somebody asked, well, that was the thing. They Somebody said, yeah, wait until Talkit gets in. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think where somebody asked about, yeah, Clark Gillies. Right, you are. Clark Gillies never had more than six fights in a regular season. So, uh, there you go. Um Although he did have seven in the 1980 playoffs, including four with Terry O'Reilly. Um, yeah, so uh, Cam Neely. Hall of Famer. Leading the Hall of Famers in fights per season. 84, 85, 16 in Vancouver. Cam Neely in Vancouver. Who did he tra- was it traded for? Barry Peterson. Yes. Great move by Harry Sindon, without a doubt. But... Guys, um, I had a list sent to me. Tim, I got a list. Tim's excited. Tim's fired up. He'll retweet this now. It got sent to me. It was by uh, definition. It's from the definition.org site, apparently. The toughest NHL players ever. Written by Brian Del Puzo. And as I always say with these lists, I get them sent to me, and I've saved them uh, in a file. And when it's episodes like this, um, I'll, I'll, I I get them out. Um, I had a few. I've had a few folks over the last little while send me lists. Oh, we got to do this one, do this one, this one. So I saved them for just an occasion, just this occasion. And um, so I don't look at the lists. So I always say I'm I'm discovering them with you guys. So this is why my reaction is genuine. Uh, you're getting a genuine reaction when when uh, when I read them off because I have not uh, I have not looked at them myself. So and I always say with these lists, I always kind of hope they're kind of shitty because then they're just funnier that way. <laughs> so you know, yeah, you sometimes. I mean, we've done lists on this show where it's like you're you know, it's a top. Six Bruins or top six, you know, you read them off. And it's like, eh, yeah, that's what I would have too. So, well, that's no fun. <laughs> As I'm recording, you can hear my phone beeping off. That is actually Cade Mc- McNally texting me, telling me he found Slim Jims. <laughs> I was I was going back and forth with him today, and I sent him a picture of Randy Savage. Remember Randy Savage? Probably into a Slim Jim. Yeah, so... He was he was talking about how much he enjoyed Slim Jims. So uh yes. Just the just the riveting conversations I have with past previous guests. Um Alright. What was I talking about? Oh yes. Where's this article here? Toughest NHL players. Okay, here we'll open it up. <clears throat> Hockey is known as a game of toughness with missing teeth. Bloody fights is a big part of the game as hat-tricks and acrobatic saves. However, even among their fellow skaters, these men are acknowledged as the toughest NHL players of all time. This list has everything from offensive stars who learned to hold their own to defensive stalwarts who struck fear into other teams to rough and tumble goalies to even some goons who served no purpose on the ice other than brawling with opposing teams. They served no purpose. Oh, in a game of tough men, these were the toughest. Oh, wow. What a write-up. I'm, I'm on the... Here, hold on. i gotta, I got to leave. I'm on the edge of my seat. Here we go. Start slideshow. All right, let's start it. Here we go, folks. Bobby Orr, number one. Bobby Orr has spent 12 years as... The, 12 years as one of the NHL's best and toughest defensemen. He was the heart and soul of the Bruins in 10 of those years leading the team. Two Stanley Cups. Um Yeah, I mean, you know uh the pain that the pain that he played in uh you know with the bad knees well that's what made him retire, right? The you know, it was the shot knees and everything else and the level he played at is unbelievable. And um yeah, so I mean in terms of that, I mean I've had this talk with old time, they always talk about oh how how tough what a great fighter Bobby Orr was. Bobby Orr was not a great fighter. Bobby Orr would fight though, I will give him that. He had I can't remember what I remember I did a show about him that was one of my myths versus reality. It was like Bobby Orr and Larry Robinson were like two guy. I'm sure Robinson will probably show up on this list. Um, that I think their, their fighting prowess gets greatly exaggerated. Now they would stick up for themselves. I'm not, and, you know, tough in that sense. But, I mean, I'm not, oh, they were put, they're not, they weren't pussies without a doubt. And they would stick up for themselves and fight and that's whatever. But this idea that Bobby Orr was some excellent pugilist. Now, granted, not a lot of his fights are out there. But, I mean, if you go on YouTube, there's about 9 or 10 Bobby Orr fights on there. And I don't think he lands a punch in any of them. Like, he fights. And the moment he fights, he tackles the guy. That's his big thing is to tackle the guy. And then, I mean, you guys all get on Mick Fakoda for the body slam. <laughs> no, this is just like he flat out tackles him like it's like wrestling. And then kind of punches him when they're down. So, it's like... Yeah, no, it wasn't exactly Tasker Sen, but nonetheless, one of the greatest players of all time, and I'm certainly not going to sit here and disparage Bobby Orr, of course, but um, a fantastic fighter he was not, but he would stick up for himself. Jeff Bukaboom, yeah, it's a hard-hitting, hard-nosed defense would go to metaphorical war for his teammates, made a popular locker presence throughout his career, won three Stanley Cups, titles in Edmonton as another before winning one as a member of the Rangers. Um, yeah, Bukum, uh yeah, um, pff, massive dude. Um, um, not a bad fighter. Um, again, you know, again, was he, was he striking fear in the heart of man with his fighting ability? No, but I mean, hey, four cups and... Like you said, he wins with guys like that, right? Stay at big, just tough, stay at home defenseman. Didn't take shit. And yeah, I'm down with Bookaboom. Ray Bork. All right. Uh, played 21 seasons for the Bruins. So he set records for most careers. Goal cool assistant points by a defenseman in the National Hockey League. He won the Norris Trophy five times. Bork was so beloved by the city. He finally won a cup after being traded to Colorado. Um, uh, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, a young Ray Bork uh, actually fought. I have some of his fights on my YouTube channel. Check those out. He actually, I mean, he was okay. He was fiery and, uh, you know, gritty guy. And uh, am I putting him on the list of the toughest NHL players? Um, again, I mean, I guess, I mean, I read at the start of the article, it depends what your definition of toughness is, right? I mean, I guess that have the longevity to play 21 seasons. Um, obviously involves some toughness. Um, so, I mean, I get it from that sense. But his actual, you know, playing uh, th- th- w- like Ray Bork never. I but but he would, you know, hit guys and l- play the body and yeah, he's just a fucking tough. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't. In all of the what I have him on this list, no. What I call Ray Bork a pussy, no. You know, no, not at all, but. You know, you know what I'm saying. But outstanding player. I mean, I'm down with Ray Ray. Rick Talkett. Well now, yeah, there we go. Rick Talk played eighteen seasons in the NHL, bouncing Flyers, Penguins, Kings, Bruins, Capitals and Coyotes, known as a fighter and power forward. Talkett won a Stanley Cup with the Penguins and appeared in another Stanley Cup final with the Flyers. Following his playing career, Talkett became a coach. Yeah, I mean the Talket Rocket, I mean, what's off oh, probably is in this bit well, you guys can't see it, but in the slide two, they got a picture of him with the Penguins and he's wearing those Back when talkit was rocking those bad Yofa buckets, it's like, come on, man. Why are you doing this? P- put your CCM back on and let's go. I, Yeah. Somebody asked, I, I, I should, well, he's on Twitter. I should text him or tweet him. Why were you wearing these buckets? I hope Yofa paid you good money because those are terrible. Like, as badass as talkit was, I mean, you lose, you lose some toughness points when you strap on one of them yofas. And not like the McSorley, not like the Gretzky yofa, the McSorley ones, the bomber ones, like those, the real thin ones. Not the, not the IHL meatball yofas. No, like the real, like we're coming straight out of Helsinki yofas. It's like, it's, it's a bad scene, man. But I love me some Rick Tockett, and he does, definitely deserves to be on this list. Should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, hopefully someday he gets in and, uh, I well, would Rick Toccham one of my all-time favorite players. So Cam, well Cam Neely, there you go. That probably he Neely Neely probably is my all-time favorite player. Him or we or Clark, one of the three. Um, Neely, Hall of Fame, lasted 13 years, put between Vancouver and Boston. Follow his playing career. Neely became a front office executive, working himself into the role of president of the St. Louis Blues. Better eh, fact check there, buddy. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, Cam Neely. Bam, bam. Um, C-baz, what more is there to say about Cam Neely? I mean, like I read you those tough guy numbers here, how fitting that was. Um, you know, in terms of Hall of Famer had 16 fight career or 16 fight season, bunch of 10 fight seasons. Um, yeah, it's a shame with, you know, what all did to his knee. Um, you know, but yeah, just a massive hitter, power forward. Playing that old Boston Garden. Oh, tremendous. Love Cam Neely. Ron Hextall. Ah, there you go. Hextall is not only one of the greatest goalies in NHL history, having won both the Vesna and Conn Smythe, he also, one of the toughness over his career, Hextall has been suspended six or more games on three occasions, has more than 100 penalty minutes multiple times, set overall records for number of penalty minutes recorded by a goaltender. Yeah, and I think he only has three fights. So, yeah, that's a lot of bad penalties. Um... I don't know. Would you call Hackstall one of the greatest goalies in NHL history? Yeah, he was good. He's definitely serviceable. I'm not saying he wasn't. Um, you know, solid. He had, a, yeah, he had that outstanding run in '87. Um, when he, well, yeah, he won. Yeah, when you win the Conn Smythe and on the losing team, yeah, you know, you play and you're the goalie. Um, and, he, and he did win a Vezina, so yeah. But uh, pretty good with the stick and everything else. I, would he, I wouldn't call him the. T- I would say Ray Emery is probably the toughest goalie ever. I would think, you know. Um, but uh, heck, I will say Hextall's reputation took a bit of a blemish when Felix busted him up. Tony Twist. Well, there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I really need to. Uh, um, Tony Twist is one of the NHL's most feared enforcers. A team member whose unofficial role is to deter dirty plays by the opposition for over a decade. In fact, Twist is so knowledgeable on that subject that he wrote the forward to the book, The Code. Oh yeah. Well, knowledgeable. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I would think he has some knowledge in that, <laughs> in that arena. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I'm not going to sit here and tell a bunch of fight fans about Tony Twist. Top. Ta- Chris Chelios. <clears throat> All right. Uh many things to be said about the career three time champion Chris Chelios. However, his toughness can be defined with these stats alone. At the time of his retirement, Chelios is the oldest active player in the NHL, second oldest of all time. Had played the most games of any active player in the NHL, had the most career penalty minutes from any active player, holds the record for most games played in the NHL by a defenseman holds the record for most career playoff games played with two sixty six, and is tied with Gordy out for the most seasons played at twenty-six. Um yeah, I mean Obviously, kept himself in treme- tremendous physical condition. Uh, also had probably a, a good deal of luck to not have to sustain a serious injury where he missed time. Um, I, to be... I will be completely honest. I was never a Chelios fan. I thought he was... He took... He, he was a hey great player without a doubt Hall of Famer all that I'm not saying that but took way too many needless penalties. If I was a coach, I would have I would have lost my mind. Like there was a season he had 300 minutes of penalties, and it was like I think he had one fight. It was just like, I mean, I understand he had to play play that way to be as effective as he was. I get all that, but that he took that's a lot of stupid penalties that he took, and and I. I sit back, I would. I don't know off the top of my head how many fights Chris Chelios had, but it couldn't have been many. And I literally do not remember Chris Chelios fighting. I mean, obviously he did a few times, but I don't remember a single Chris Chelios fight that he was in. Um, obviously can't fight and was just dirty with a stick and ton of 10-minute misconducts. And yeah, but solid, obviously Hall of Fame defenseman. And, uh, his leg is his uh, longevity. Well, I just read you the numbers unbelievable The hammer Dave Schultz Yeah, uh Set the record most penalty it's a single season 472 off the ice his fame peaked when he recorded a novelty song entitled the penalty box It was a regional hit in Philadelphia yeah, I mean the hammer is a folk hero. Obviously, Philadelphia will go down in history in that in in just the hockey books is you know the hammer and the all time penalty minute holder and all that. And uh, yeah, I mean you know the Flyers love them, loathe them, whatever. Um, they definitely ushered in that whatever you want to call it the the goon or the gang fighting and all that. And uh, you know, um, but can't argue with success, back to back cups. Um, and Schultz was definitely the ringleader um of the tough guys. And uh there you go. The hammer. Zedano Chara. They broke in the NHL with the Islanders. Chara built his legacy as a cap as the captain of the Bruins for fourteen seasons during his time at Bean Town Char when the Norris no nine led the Bruins to the championship in two thousand eleven. Yeah, I mean, you know, massive dude. Again, hall, he'll Hall of Famer when he's done. Um might be getting a little, might be hanging around a little too long these uh, last couple seasons, but um, effective player without a doubt. Uh, by all accounts, like just like a real solid teammate, captain, legend in the locker room, which will explain his longevity as well. Um, again, I've broken down the myth so many times about Chara's actual fighting ability. Again, he will fight without a doubt because he has a hundred and some fights. Um, he, I always said he's not very good at it. I uh, mean, people will argue with me, but I'm like, well show me a real heavyweight that he's beaten, that he really hasn't. Um as soon as he gets in trouble fighting he just bails. But um and like I said, I've challenged people to you know then, you know, prove it to me that he doesn't and you you know, go watch his fight. I I you can't. I will tell you now, for anybody that's yelling at their dashboard arguing with me, I went down his entire fight card on an episode, I don't know how many hundred back, but I broke down his entire fight card. I sat here one night and made notes of every one of his fights against, like, actual heavyweight fighters. And I think he won one. It was the coach he won. The coach he was fighting with a broken nose. Other than that, and then maybe the Karens one, but he kind of jumped Karens too. But, which is whatever, but it's kind of, eh, all right. I'll Maybe I'll give you that one. But the rest, every other fight against a, a legit heavyweight fight fighter, the moment they start on offense, he he bails and falls down. So you don't believe me? I'm serious. I'm not just for saying this for a factor because I don't like Char or whatever. I'm I'm indifferent on Char. I really don't care either way. I've always said with this podcast, you were getting an indifferent take. I'm telling you, I'm not. Whatever. Go back and watch. I'm just do, check. Do it for yourself. Next. Marty McSorley, well there you go, served as the enforcer at both Edmonton and LA, when Gretzky since with the team earned the nickname, the bodyguard. Well I don't know if that was a nickname, the bodyguard, but alright. He may have taken the role a bit too seriously, however, when he was forced to retire in 2000 following his on-ice assault of Donald Brashear, which led to a severe concussion for Brashear, and criminal charges against McSorley. Yeah, I mean, well, there you go, right? I've always said with McSorley, the sad thing is, is he played 900 games before that, but he'll always be known for that. And, you know, rightfully so, Um yeah, it was a, you know, it was a bad shot, and um, there's no, I mean, I'm a massive Marty fan, I love Marty, still do, but, you know, um there's no defending it, and, I mean, I've seen people on here try, and I mean, I get it, because they don't like brush ears, so they make up all this bullshit, but there's no reason to hit a guy in the head with a stick, I don't care what. I don't give a shit. No, oh, cause he did the, the ham thing and he was taunting him. There is no reason to hit anybody in the head with the stick. You can sit here and argue with me all you want. There isn't. And I'm not a brush here guy. I don't like brush here, but no one deserves a stick in the head. So, but nobody, and Marty claims he didn't mean to. Nobody will really know other than what was in his head at the time, but he had a history of losing his shit before. He's done some shit where he, I mean I've seen him high stick Darren Banks in the face. And he's done some shit before. Now, I'm not saying that the stick in Banks' face, other shit that he has done, it was to, for a purpose. And there was a times Marty would cross the line to send messages, and I am all wholeheartedly support that because that is the role. I mean, you can't anymore, and that's. Some will argue that's good. Others will say that's the detriment to the game. To myself, uh, you've take not allowing the players to police the game. Um, you've that's a whole other. They don't, and I think that's a huge issue. And uh, makes early police the game. I'll I'll leave it at that. But truly, like a solid fighter as well. But I've always said there's a difference between enforcing and fighting. And McSorley is one, one of, if not the greatest enforcer of all time. Uh, but he is a very solid fighter as well. Terry Sawchuk, I was going to say, any goalie that played without a helmet or a ma- or without a mask, yeah. That, I think that just, yeah, that's toughness without saying, right? Right. During his career, Sawchuk won the Calder, Vasna four different seasons, four-time Cup champion, has more shutouts and won more games than any other goalie in history. However, his life came to a tragic end when he died due to injuries suffered in a fight with a teammate over expenses in his shared in his shared residence. Really, I, huh, I did not know that that that's how Sawchuk died. Really, I've hmm. I've never actually heard that story. Well, now, here we go. I'm going to have to, after we're done this, I'm going to have to go look up the Terry Sawchuck story. Um, wow, well, that's unbelievable. Yeah, even in the picture they have of him here, he's you know, obviously with no no uh, mask or anything. And yeah, there's a puck like just flying at his head. It's just like, my God. You just think, though, like what would ever... So we're going to shoot this frozen hard rubber at you and don't wear a helmet like the rest of us. Like, who would have, like, amazing. And it took forever for them to finally get, like, masks and shit. Like, it's just amazing to me that they actually played with no helmets and shit. It's just baffling. Huh. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. When you just truly think about it. Like, yeah, I mean, I know they weren't 100-mile-an-hour slap shots and all that stuff. But, like, just the idea that they wouldn't put anything on their face. Because, I mean, you're going down, and there's skates flying around you. But, yeah, unreal. Craig Berube. Well, there we go. During his playing career, uh, Berube amassed 3,100 penalty minutes in his career. After his playing days were done, Berube rent into coaching, eventually leading the St. Louis Blues to the Stanley Cup Championship. Um, Yeah, I mean, what more is there to say about the Chief, right? Like I said, everyone listening, yeah. They know about uh, Craig Berube. I certainly don't have to sell you on his uh, on his career. Yeah, tougher than shoe leather, without a doubt. And again, and an amazing um, uh, the longevity, especially at that like to play that tough guy role. And uh, and he never like every season like it wasn't oh he didn't fight this year really slowed down or whatever. Like he took on all the heavyweights and just yeah, unbelievable. Tremendous career. George Laroque. There you go. 14-year career. Laroque was one of the most feared fighters in the NHL following his retirement. Laroque entered an even tougher field, politics. <laughs> oh, yeah, he ran for the Green Party. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, Laroque, yeah, one of the, like I said, he, he's in my top 10 of all time. One of the greatest. You could probably count on two hands how many career fights he actually lost. Um, yeah, one of the best fighters of all time. Yeah. Um, I've always said, my personal opinion. I always <laughs> George is too nice of a fighter. Um, I think maybe for the for the rest of the league, that was probably a good thing. Um, I, I, he could he could have definitely been a lot more vicious, um, but yeah, he was uh, obviously it didn't hurt his results at all. But yeah, he uh, like you can see that in the one fight, the big fight that he had with Brashear, because that was the like kind of the two. You know, 1A, one 1B one guys, kind of the, it was the title fight, right? And uh he had Brashear down, and George let him up. And Brashear, uh like George was just like handling him during the fight. And Brashear goes down to his knees, and Laroque doesn't, you know, Laroque was to finish him. Laroque doesn't finish him. And he lets him back up, and Brashear mounts the comeback on him. And it's like, that's, I said, that's George's career in a nutshell, his fighting career in a nutshell. He was too nice. Not that that happened to him a lot, but it was just like, oh, he had him. And I know him and Brashear didn't like each other at the time, and it was just like, but he just, you know, he was just a nice, he was just an honest, I don't even know if that's the right, just a nice guy, you know, it was just like, yeah. But, one of, yeah, but when it came down to it, can't argue results, and he didn't lose many. Rob Ray, there you go. Uh first and Fourth during Buffalo holding the franchise record for penalty minutes. He holds the dubious honor of having a, a rule unofficially named after him. The so-called robbery rule reads a player who engages in fisticuffs and whose sweater is not properly tied down uh shall receive a game misconduct. Yep. He uh Now again So it was, Ray wasn't the first like everybody talks like the Jersey thing was a Ray idea. There was dudes losing their Terry O'Reilly lost his shit lots. The jerseys always came off in fights and everything else. Ray sort of took it to a whole new. I guess Ray sort of, uh, cu- I'm, as I'm sitting here talking, I'm distracted. The picture they used they use him in an Ottawa jersey. It's like really, you know, it's a slideshow. They use Ray in an Ottawa jersey. <laughs> okay, um, <clears throat> Ray took it to a whole new level because he uh, he sewed his shoulder pads in, and um, you know, and and then went. Naked underneath without an undershirt or anything like Provert and all them lost their shit, but they always had shirts on right Ray just went completely naked which would make it impossible to fight. So um Yeah, and I mean I know a lot of people on the me- I mean again, this is an ep- this is a, a topic that I beat to death on this show I mean, I know people on message boards and some people have a huge issue with it. I didn't I whatever at the time, there was no rule against it. And like I said, you're trying to win a fight. This isn't so 20 years later, some dorks on a fight site can call you honest or what the code. You know, and all this bullshit. Like, you know, whatever. You're you're there winning fights for your team and fucking beating people up. I mean, however you have to do it, that's how you did it. So I never had a problem with it, whatever. Like I said, it wasn't like anybody else wasn't doing shit. Whether it was tying down or not tying down or just, cuts or Velcro sleeves or whatever. So, everyone had their tricks of the trade, and that was a race. Ken Danico. Ken was the heart of the Jersey Devils team in the late 90s, early 2000s. Dynasty hard-nosed defenseman, nicknamed Mr. Devil by the fans, over 2000 career penalty minutes, but won three Stanley Cups. Yeah, I mean, you know... There you go, played an entire career with one team. Um just yeah, hard nose, longevity. Um yeah, just a just a real tough stay at home team, man. That, you know, hey, there you go, you won three cups, and you know, just a solid clear the crease, glassing out guy, and and if you wanted to fuck around, he could fight too. Um pff, there you go. What more is there to say about Candico? I'm down with Candanico. Sidney Crosby. All right. <laughs> I guess we just have to get Crosby in an article somehow. Um, well, fans and other teams may consider Sid the kid soft. Objectively, there's little doubt that Crosby is one of hockey's toughest players. Over the course of his career, Crosby has fought through injuries, constantly targeted other teams to win three cups, two Art Ross, two Hearts, two Rocket, Restart, two Conn Um I I would not. Go- I, I get it. Yo, Cindy, you know, and everybody likes to, whatever. Crosby's not soft. He isn't soft. You watch him, like, no, he isn't. I've watched him play. Now, is he dirty? He is dirty, but it, he will, um... Like, he'll, like, like they, but they did say, like, he takes shots from guys, and, like, it's the days of, like, the star player not getting touched because somebody will kill you or over. And Crosby t- does take a lot of abuse, um... He's not afraid to use the stick. I don't. Again, I don't blame him. Um, but is Crosby soft? No, he's not. I wouldn't call him soft. Not would I put him on a toughest players list. Well, no. But, I mean, I don't know. He's got eight or nine fights. And uh, it's, it's seven more than Ovechkin's got. i got to hear how tough Ovi is all the time. Um... I'd love to see Crosby and Ovechkin drop the gloves. That'd be a really interesting fight. People always talk like Ovechkin... I always laugh that people talk like Ovechkin would kill him. I'm like, what gives you... What are you going by that makes Ovechkin such a great... Have you watched any of Ovechkin's... Go watch his fights with uh, Dubinsky and, like, Coletta and them as he runs away. It's like, like I said, his only fight is he knocked out some 18-year-old Russian that had never fought before. That's his only big win. Go watch Crosby's fights. You can tell he knows what he's doing. And it's like, again, am I saying Crosby's like George Laro- undercover La Rock? No. But he knows what he's doing in terms of fights, and they're both strong as shit. It'd be interesting to see if they actually I know it's come close a couple times. I'd love to see them drop the gloves. I would laugh so hard if Crosby just pumped Ovechkin. Fuck that'd be funny. Um I don't think that would happen. I think they would just sort of wrestle and fall down. But um no, Crosby is not soft. Um, I'm, am I a fan of Crosby? I don't, whatever. I, I have nothing against him. I've, I stopped watching hockey while Crosby was playing. I mean, obviously I know Crosby isn't everything he's accomplished, but, um, I've watched him play and everything else, but I, I'm indifferent. I'm, whatever. Like I said with this, on this show or whatever else, I always say, you're going to get an impartial take because I don't have, I don't, Care about any of this? So, um, but I will sit here and say, if somebody calls Crosby soft, he's not. Does he whine and play the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever he does, sure. But soft? Mm, No, I wouldn't call Crosby soft. Brashear, well, Brashear best known for being attacked on the ice by McSorley. He certainly is aggressive or aggressor himself pretty often. Brashear holds the Vancouver Canucks record in a single season as overall top, and is in the top twenty overall in NHL history. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know people. Lots of people hate him, Um I think Tony's the only fan of his only fan. But uh, <laughs> um, I've I've always I've always given him his due. I have him in my top ten of all time. Um, seldom lost, tough guy. Um, some people shit on him for his fighting style. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, everyone's style is different. Um, it obviously was effective for him and. uh... Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and shit, how, at the end of the day, how can you shit on Donald Brashear, guy fought everyone, did it for a long time, whatever, I mean, you might not, you don't have to like his style and blah blah blah, but, eh, I mean, the proof's in the pudding, so, you know, whatever, them's the facts, so, yeah, not much to say tied Omi, there you go, one of the most fearsome fighters in the NHL over a 16-year career, most penalty miss any other player in Leaf history, third overall penalty miss in NHL history, with the most fighting majors in league history. Yeah, I mean, fought every, well, there you go, all-time fight leader, fought everybody, um, was very, did it very effective, I mean, go back and watch those Leafs teams, I don't remember people messing with Sadin and anything, so... Um, and like when he got to Winnipeg with Solani and him and Chris King took over that town. And I mean, Ty Domi, you could say whatever you want about Ty Domi, Um, you know, off ice or whatever, like blah, blah, blah. Um, on the ice, long time, was a better player than, better player than people give him credit for. Um, good skater, could hit, solid body checker. Um, yeah, undersized, but took on everyone. And I, I mean, I'm down. I, I'm a Domi fan. I mean, I don't again, you like him, you know, like him, hate him, whatever. Um, there's no denying he was legit and one of the baddest dudes for without a doubt. Now, like, like people, oh, what's your all time top 10? Would I put him in the top 10 all time fighters? Not, he's not mine. Um, I'd have him in the top 20. My top 25, I would have him in that back half. Um, But again, when I go back to that enforcer-fighter thing, enforcer, he was a real solid enforcer because he did cross the line a few times, but he did send messages a few times. And uh, I think for the very fact of him dropping off Samuelson should have got him in the Hockey Hall of Fame. (laughs) Who's next? Yarmir Yager. Uh, All right. Jager best known for his, for his luscious locks from the early 90s mullet. Um, but it's toughness and durability that really should be the story over the course of his career, which is still going. Yagers won two Stanley Cups, five Art Ross, a heart, and a second to Gretzky in the all-time points. Um, tough? No. Um, I mean, I guess we go back to the, the longevity thing. Okay, I get it, like, in terms of working out and all that. I mean, and there's obviously a certain... Yes, there's obviously a, a certain level of toughness it takes to play an elite sport for the length of time that he's played it. Um, I understand in that sense. But in terms of on-ice play, I like, does Jager even hit anybody? I've never seen Jager hit anybody or go into corners or, like, play a physical game. Um, I don't think he's ever fought. I don't remember Jager ever fighting. or So in terms of, like, in that sense, I, like, I don't remember him battling at all. Am I up my ass? Like, I mean, like a real physical, grinded out, down, down, dirty game. Yoger does this. Like, I, I have no idea. I, I'm, I'm talking to myself. I'm asking questions to nobody. But, uh, I, I've, I've never seen this. I mean, not that I followed Yoger's career into the 2000s or anything. But back in the 90s when we used to watch all the time, and he was playing back then. Obviously, I don't remember. Yager mixing it up in the corner and really digging and scrumming it up and get like I can remember Forsberg doing shit like that. Like being dirty but in the scrums and digging and punching and you know, yeah, yeah, in the corners and you you know and all that. I don't remember Yager doing that. Um But he's just a big solid dude and whatever. Um you know, again, second all time, he's an all timer without a doubt, but uh no I would not have him on this list. Rocket Richard, yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, the Rocket is close to a deity in Canada. Uh, Richard led Montreal with five Stanley Count's prolific goal scorer, the most all-time when he retired. The Rocket Richard Trophy is, obviously, is named after a uh, leading goal scorer. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously one of the greatest players ever, uh, had a really bad temper, uh, would fight. He did fight, um, now and again. Not like, when we say h- back then when they used to fight, I mean, it's not like... Like I would say, Hall of Famers and oh, like Neely dropping them sixteen times a season, stuff. Like you might fight once or twice a, a year. A um, l- lot of the more, a lot more stick fighting and stick stuff and dirty shit like that. But I mean, you know, w- what he punched on a ref, and that's what got him suspended and caused the, like they said, the Richard riots in Montreal that year in the playoffs. So um, just a real hothead and uh, bad temper. But um, yeah, certainly. Yeah, would be known as someone that didn't take any shit back in his playing days. Brian Trache, uh, arguably the best player in the Islanders dynasty teams that won four consecutive cups? Trache won f- further t- two more in the, with the Penguins in the nineties, solidified five spots as the greatest winners in NHL history. Yeah, without a doubt, good old Saskatchewan guy. Um, Trache, again, another solid, you know, solid checking, um, physical guy well, you know didn't you know wasn't a fighter but I mean would play physical I mean everybody kind of did back then um but yeah one of the greatest yeah I mean like you said one of the best centers of all time and uh yeah I mean what what what, what can I say about Brian trace should I phone up lazito right now uh this episode would be a two-parter if I got lazito on the line to talk about Brian trace yeah but yeah tremendous player. Scott Stevens. Oh, there you go. Captain Devils, the three Stanley Cups. Uh, And the team often emulated his brutal defensive style. Stevens sometimes... uh, Critique for how hard he hit, often injuring other players he remained unrepentant in his style. Once said, what kind of respect do I get? Just because I'm a physical player, it's okay to come at me and do what you want. Hey, it's a hockey It's not figure skating. You know what? I can take a hit. I can give a hit. I don't care who it is. No one gets a free ride out there, and I don't get a free ride. No one gets a free ride from me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so that's the thing. was a motherfucker, man, and he would hit you, and he hit to hurt, and there was that's why he was successful, that's why he's in the Hall of Fame, that's why he won Cups, and that's why New Jersey was successful. And, I mean, I see it all the time. People cry about him, call him a headhunter, and he was mean and whatever. And it's like, at the end of the day, you just don't like him because why he hit too hard? Like, really, that's what it comes down to? And it's like, you know, um, yeah, were some of his shots brutal? Yeah, they were. Like, the hit on Lindros and everything else. I still don't think it was dirty. Lindros was leaning. Like, oh, he hit him in the head. Well, yeah, Lindros was also crouched down. Lindros normally is six foot five. When Stevens hit him, he was about five eleven because he was reaching for the puck. Now, oh, he's an opportuni- opportunistic headhunter. Well, You again? You're saying this is like this is bad shit? I mean, so what? I mean, that was his game, and that was made him successful. And you know, I read off how many fights he had per season. It wasn't like he was hiding from people; he'd fight. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with Scott. I love Scott Stevens. And he was, and he was an all-star player, and was mean, and didn't give a shit who you were, from Ron Francis to the first line to the fourth line, and, and he'd hammer you, and it was about winning games. And if you were going to cut across the blue line, you were getting it. I don't know. I don't remember him sticking knees out. At maybe he did over the. I'm sure over the course of his 20 year career, maybe he probably stuck his knees out. I don't remember Stevens being a big knee guy, like a unfortunate, like when I last week when I was talking about the late Brian Marchman. You know, Marchman was a big, mean defenseman too, but he's also known as a knee guy. I don't remember Stevens being a knee guy, so maybe some people can argue with me out there, but I don't remember it. Now you could say, well, he went for people's heads. Mm. Kind of. He, I mean, he certainly did hit people in the head without a doubt. A lot of guys did back then. Um, a lot of shoulder to chest, though. And, like, I mean, people often talk, again, the exaggeration gets like Stevens was flying elbows to everybody, and that's not true, um, but he would catch you, and uh, yeah, mean dude, how long is this list, man, how many guys have we done this, like 24, uh, Chris Pronger, well, see, now you talk about dirty, here, I would say Pronger's dirtier than Scott Stevens, and the difference was that Stevens would fight, Pronger wouldn't, um, Pronger's one of the NHL's best defenseman in the night. He won the Hart Trophy in 99. First defensive player to do so since Bobby Orr. However, he's the most controversial player. Many of his contemporaries consider him dirty due to his style of play. He's been suspended eight times during the course of his career. Yeah, to be completely honest, I was never a Pronger guy. I actually never understood why anybody just didn't beat the shit out of him. Because Pronger can't fight. And, but he was just dirty. And uh, But great player. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, what? Uh, yeah, I can't say anything, you know, about his playing career. Um, but, yeah, he was just a big, nasty defenseman. And, uh, like I said, I'm always surprised no one kicked the shit out of him. But he got away with it for his whole career, being dirty. And, uh, but, yeah, great player. Matthew Barnaby. <laughs> there you go. Played 15 season in the NHL, suited up. Uh, and they just list his teams, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, one of the probably the biggest pest in NHL history. I mean, you got there's the history of like Linsman, and you know, you have Avery and Barnaby and whatever, and all those that ratty kind of role, and which Barnaby certainly was. Um, the difference between him and all those guys, Barnaby would fight, um, he had a ton of fights, so he would always back his shit up. That's why I'd, i Well, I would say Avery fought too, though. I will say that. Avery fought more than I think people think he did. Um, But Avery did... Him and Ott and those guys, they did a lot of running away too. And, uh, you know, whereas Barnaby would stand and fight heavyweights and, you know, I was... But he would run his mouth without a doubt and he did... But I like—I think back to those guys, though, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think with Avery and Barnaby, were they dirty, though? Like, I don't... I don't, they weren't running guys, like, again, maybe they were, and I'm, I'm, you know, being some revisionist history on my part, or maybe I'm putting on rose-colored glasses, but I'm, like, legitimately, I don't remember Barnaby running people from behind, or kneeing people, or sticking them in the face, or... No, I'm not saying none of that ever happened during their careers. Nothing's, you know... Um, uh, you know, nothing's absolute in life, but I, I don't particularly remember them being dirty, Now, annoying, and I mean, oh yeah, the cup checkier, you know, sticking the nuts, or you know, punching the back of the head in the scrum, or face wash, or shit like that, I'm, I'm, like, that's just annoying shit, I'm like, when I talk dirty, I'm talking like all Samuelson shit, you know, that's what I mean when I say dirty, not annoying shit, Um, because annoying shit, yeah, Barnaby was the king of that, but... Um, like in, in fact, of like injuring people, I don't remember Barnaby or Avery for that matter doing shit like that. They were just assholes. But I'm, I like, I'm, I'm not a big Avery guy, but Barnaby, I was a big Barnaby fan. I like Barnaby. Jerome McGinley, built around being an offensive threat. Again, look at fight with the best of the NHL, known for his Mackinac Gordial hat tricks, aka fight assist and goal. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jerome McGinley's, um, uh, how many fights, I think he had 60, 70 some career fights, I believe. um, 500 goals, um, or 600 goals, I think. um, Yeah, tremendous player. Uh, I remember him coming up with the Camloose Blazers, and those big dynasty years of the, in the WHL, um, you know, 60 goals, 100, you know, fighting people, and yeah, he was, um, yeah, Jerome McGinley was outstanding. I'm a massive Jerome McGinley fan. Um, you know, not a bad you know, not a bad fighter. Um, you know, I'm not saying oh go you know he was stand toe to toe with Twist or anything, but I mean you know it, when he fought people other power guys or other first line guys like him, yeah he was he was very successful and I'm down with I'm down with Iggy without a doubt. Gordy How? Well, there you go. Wylan was, was being one of the best, toughest hockey players to ever lace him up. Um, played in five different decades of intimidating through all of them. Yeah, I mean, what is there to say is longevity. Again, and just toughness for longevity. Um, but, you know, would fight and everything else. Um, again, I personally think a lot of that shit's exaggerated. I mean, not that he didn't. But he didn't fight. Like, again, people act like these guys were 15, 20, 25 fights a year like Bruby and them were doing. It's like, well, I just read you off the hall of famer, you know, like how would fight once a year? Like, I think he had 20 career fights. He played like 26 years. He had like 20 fights or something. He didn't really fight. He was dirty with his elbows and a stick. Again, a different time back then when they played in the fifties and stuff, it was just different hockey. They didn't have like the enforcer, tough guy, three shift guy. They didn't do that. Um, Again, a lot of those fights I think were probably roughing penalties too. Um, but yeah, it was just a different time. In fact, of, like the, the the actual drop the gloves square off fights, I don't think happened very often. Uh, a lot of the shit was, I think, scrums and stuff. Um, but you know, and there were stick fights and everything else. And but yeah, just a real just tough back then. Just everybody was. Just back then in the fifties, if you were a hockey player, you were just you were tough. There's no Lady Bing guys out there, you know. Um, yeah. And Howe was the, the best of them all. Eddie Shore. Well there you go. Violent force throws career, Shore's name was later used in the slap shot to evoke old time hockey. Yeah. I mean, again, the stories of Eddie shore, legendary, um, toughest playing injured, um, dirty, um, almost killed Ace Bailey. Um, obviously there's no, like there's old black and white footage of him playing a little bit in the thirties and shit. But, um, so I don't know what kind of fighter he was. I have no idea. Again, I think back then there wasn't a lot of actual one-on-one fist to cuff fights. There was some, but I think most of it was a lot of stick work and just kind of just scrums and punches and whatever. But, yeah, Eddie Shore was legendary, known for just playing through pain and injuries and inflicting same on people. Terry O'Reilly. Again, how long is this bloody list? Terry O'Reilly. It's just a slideshow. doesn't tell me. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll be here all night. Um, earned the nickname book. Bloody O'Reilly is perhaps best known for 79 instead of when he went and several teammates went to the Madison Square Garden crowd. Yeah, without a doubt. Although, I mean, everybody remembers Milbury hitting the guy with the shoe. It's like, O'Reilly was the first one to go in the crowd. I mean, it's, you know, the rest of them just followed because you gotta, you gotta stick up for the boys, right? So, I mean, I always laugh because people like hold that against Milbury. It's like, okay, what are you going to do when like, a bunch of your teammates go into the stands and they're fighting with fans. You just gonna stand there and watch? Or like I would like to think you'd go in and help. I mean, I've never held that against Mill. I mean, Millbury a douchebag on, on many other things. Going into the crowd, it wasn't one of them in my mind. People always hold that against them, though. I'm like, okay, Terry O'Reilly was the one that initially went into the crowd, so he should be the one. Kind of is that shouldn't be? Shouldn't he not be the guy that sort of catches all the shit for it? But I think it's just. I think is just so hated, people just like to add that to the story. But I I never had a problem with Milbury beating the guy with the shoe, personally. I thought it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, Terry O'Reilly was was awesome. I mean, power forward, like 20, 30 goal seasons, fight everybody. and I mean, I I love Terry O'Reilly. He was awesome. Derek Bugard. Bugard went in the game, Boogeyman. And Mounty is one of the... The Mountie. I've never heard anybody refer to Derek Bougar as a Mountie. I know his dad was a Mountie, but, um, he's the NHL's most feared by player and beloved by fans. Forrester, or sadly, Bougar would pass away from accidental overdose in 2011. Um, yeah, I mean, what is there to say about Boogie? He's probably this at the time, he was probably the scariest fighter in the league. One of the scariest fighters of all time was six foot six. And, um, unfortunately the, you know, the injuries caught up to him at the end, the bad shoulders and everything, and which led to the whole downfall. But, um, Probably I I would say he probably had the best rookie fight fight record in history. Um, you know, a bunch of knockouts and stuff and um yeah, he was just a big vicious fighter and um I again one of those guys that I saw start in Regina with the Pats and play out in Prince George and I would say puppy with big paws, right? Like he was just he was a big kid, couldn't really fight that great, took some beatings in junior. Um you know, but he, he, he grew into it, learned the role, learned how to use his size, um, just filled out, became a man. And then that last year in Medicine happened, he was just running guys, and then he got down to Louisiana and played in the East Coast League. And you'd watch that footage, you can just see him growing into it, and then, you know, goes in the American League and grow into it some more. And then by the time he hits the wild, and you saw the destruction he did in his first year, and that's when he all put it put it all together and learned how to use his size and stretch guys out and punch down and um, became the man. And if he had, you know, and unfortunately he had stayed healthy and 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 all that, I think, um, and he had a bit of a longer run. Um, we're I talk- uh, Some people talk all the time with him, and I get it. Um, I always have a. a I don't think he did myself, I don't think he did it long enough um but uh but some people like Mike Segroy he said he's the, him him and Steve McIntyre are the two best fighters in n h l history in in Cigarro's mind and um you know uh I get where he's coming from um I always have a real tough time crossing arrows. I think that's that's hard to do um but there's something to be said for that line of thinking at the end of the day. Um, I get where he's coming from and it's not that I necessarily disagree with him. Um, I get it. Um, whenever I do my top 10, I always try to, there's a number of things I try to look at, right. And and everything and longevity and, uh, you know, but also with the era thing, it's just, it's just tough. But, um, yeah, Bugard is in without a doubt. And, um, yeah, rest in peace, Boogie. Um, from all accounts that I, I never got a chance to meet him, unfortunately. And, uh, from all accounts, very nice guy, very soft spoken, really good dude. Um, I've interacted with his brother Aaron on, on social media a few times. Um, that's a, That's a, There's a guy I should get on the show. I, I, I don't know why I've never asked him to come on the show. I should, I don't know if he'd be down for it or not. I should ask him though. I don't, you know what? It's interesting. I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't remember him. I don't remember him doing it. Maybe he doesn't do podcasts. Maybe. I mean, you know, a lot of shit went down there and whatever. And maybe he just doesn't want to talk about it, which I understand. Um, But, I mean, I briefly talked to him a few times. But, uh, yeah, I'll ask him. Maybe he would like to come on. And Aaron was a tough guy in his own right as well and had a hell of a career too. So, definitely lots to talk about if he wanted to come on the show. Um, But, yeah, just a sad ending, unfortunately. But, but yeah, in terms of uh, a career, Boogie was the man. Is that it? There we go. It must have, it was 30. Okay, so it was 30. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, that that list went, I, I was thinking like it'd be like, you know, 10, 10 people or something, 30. Um, there you go. Once again, I said I would, I would end this quick and I think we're over an hour. So um, there you go. It is now, it's now 1030 at night. I'm doing it in two parts here. So. Uh, anyway, I'm going to be quiet now and, uh, I'm going to bed. It's been a long day and it's supposed to be like super hot tomorrow. So I got to battle through a truck with no air conditioning. So I'm going to bed folks. But, uh, there you go. You're NHL's toughest players of all time. But, uh, all right guys, thank you very much. And I'm going to hopefully have an interview for you on Sunday. I'm really hoping to, and, uh, I'll do my best to get him on the phone. So we'll see how it goes. Until then, thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Talk to you Sunday. Thanks, guys. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?